Startups are really attractive as employers. They're fast growing, they're innovative, they're getting funded, their founders are in the news. They're trying to make a dent in the universe. But there is also a flip side to working for startups. There is uncertainty, you have to get used to culture. So there are a lot of things that talent needs to keep in mind before they decide to join a startup. And there are a few things that founders and founding teams need to keep in mind before they hire for their startups. What are these things? Let's close the loop on this. So joining me on Close the Loop is Swati Khanna. Swati is the VP of Human Capital at uh, Sequoia and she's had a long and distinguished career of being a talent champion, both for large companies and in the last five to seven years for some of the biggest and fastest growing startups in India. Swati, welcome to Close the Loop. Thank you so much and I'm so glad to be here. So Swati, uh, I want to start by asking you, do people still want to work for startups given all the uncertainty that's out there? For me, it's not really working for startup or for a larger organization. I think everybody wants to be employed. Mm -hmm. It's a conscious choice of, you know, what option do you take for yourself, mm. right? And I think there are people need to self-introspect as to for which kind of opportunity, what stage of company are they the best fit for. And if you want to work for early stage startups, you have to understand that early stage startups are not a cakewalk. You have to come in with an open mind and with a with a sort of a bent of a mind that you're coming in and you know sort of you're finding out with the founder mm. what really you know founder is going after and what lies in for the founder and right. for yourself. Yeah. So it's more about experimenting, exploring, building, driving and growing. Right. So if you want to work for startups, make sure that you're coming in to work hard. So you've seen obviously a lot of talent that has both thrived in startups and also probably just got uh, purged out. So what is, uh, what is the ideal personality type uh, that, that thrives in a startup? Great. I think I already just sort of mentioned that you have to be very, very gritty. Gritty. Okay. You have to be resilient. You have to have the ability to bounce back. Mm -hmm. You have to be a problem solver because every other day is going to be a problem. You have to be a hustler. So you have to find solutions. Right. You have to have analytical bent of mind. You have to be a thinker. You have to be a thinker. You have to be a doer. I think people who do work best for startups are the types, you know, who can sort of operate at the ground mm -hmm. at the same time have a very very high level view as mm -hmm. well and oscillate between both based on whatever wherever you know uh, your expertise is required one thing i found is uh, so i've worked for about seven eight startups in the last 15 years i find that one of the biggest challenges that people who work in large companies have when they move to a startup is there's always a bit of a not a bit but a huge culture shock Right. So have you seen uh, that with people who move in from large organizations? Absolutely. I don't think it's a culture shock. It's just that uh, when you're working in a large company, you know, you have large teams, you yeah. have infrastructure, which is set, you know, you're used to a certain type of uh, working environment. You definitely have that liberty of, you know, taking days off. You have liberty of working in during certain number of hours. Right. Uh, like I said, you have resources at your disposal. Now, that's not the case with startup. Right. So uh, startups, I think it's more than culture shift. Mm. It's just that, you know, shift to a context. different type of a different stage. Yeah. yeah, so it's more contextual shift. Right. Some people ease into it. Some people don't. And uh, that's interesting. Some people ease into it. Some people don't. So when you're hiring, uh, that's the time when, let's say, it's a pretty strong resume. There are some big brands on that resume. There's some achievements on that resume. How do you test for this? So see, testing for skills is easy. Yeah. It's, it's easy. always easy, but testing for the personality type is hard. Yeah. And you can test for personalities that will be able to come and work for startups while they've always done large companies as right. well. Right. And that sort of entails for you to do the behavioral interviews. 
I think the other thing which is which sort of also gives you uh the right kind of insights is the way you know the kind of work they've done even within a large company mm-hmm. if they've done, driven new projects if they've driven some of these innovative intrapreneurial right? yeah so those intrapreneurial kind of talent will work very well right. many times um it's easy for you to identify people who've been high potentials in the large organizations as well you know i come from a large organization in fact i never knew there was this side of me you, you work for pretty big brands like yes, hp dxc so i think for me it's, it was sort of that discovery from hp to going to a smaller company which is exchanging i loved that stint the most i learned the most in that right. stint and that's where the courage to even you know start on my own came and that was a very very different learning and i think um, post my own thing i sort of resonate with what founders go through mm-hmm. when they are building their own startups right. and um, i can talk a lot from that sure. founder perspective as well sure so yeah let's talk about founders i think uh, founders i i believe are cut from a different cloth uh, i worked for a bunch of them i'm sure you've seen a lot of them in action but i think the challenge for founders also is when they start expanding when they start hiring uh how do you get like the i mean the first 20 people okay you got but the next 50 and the next 100 and the next 100 how do you get them aligned to one is the vision two is the style of working so talk to me a little bit about what the challenges there are for founders when they start expanding great awesome so i think i would probably use an analogy of a child right like when your child is young your child needs a lot more attention right so founders when the startup is young and early you need to give a lot more attention and it's very hard for you to let go and just completely you know give that onus to people that you're bringing in unless someone is really really trustworthy and it takes a little bit time for anyone to build trust with founders and i'm giving you this insight not just you know from the founders yeah. i've worked with mm-hmm. but also from my own experience it's very hard for you to just palm it off to someone because you you know that you are at a stage where you've not really formed as a founder yet. yeah hmm. you're not really formed yet right but as you start growing and you know again using analogy of a child as your child also starts growing you know a child is becoming bigger is becoming more self independent and it's easier for you to give it or palm it off the palm of the responsibilities to other people right like you start sending the child to school you know then you start send your child to college and yes. then you have to completely like the yeah. child is out of the house so as your startup scales as well i think it's that sort of journey so you have to mature with the startup correct and you have to learn to give away you know your child to somebody else that's right so you have to start palming off the responsibility to people that you bring in yeah i think wearing the shoes of the employee i think uh, i've seen that a lot of employees they come with the skill set they know what they need to do but i think they also feel very very constrained because they have the founder looking over their shoulder all the time uh, because founders would have done pretty much everything in a company so when they hire specialists the specialists also feel that okay i know what to do but i don't have the freedom to do it because i have to convince this person so that's how it plays out on the other side have you seen that yes it does see for a founder it's always about whether i'm getting an roi from any resource i'm bringing in the organization or not yeah. and they probably look at it from the narrow lens of what they know so mm-hmm. i think sometimes uh, the onus also lies on the shoulders of the person who's come in to get the buy in and show them what really the path is right so it works both ways the founder mm-hmm. has to show the path to the prospect, prospect and prospect has to so when that alignment happens it's great right if that alignment does not happen then it's hard also i think there are stages in the company where uh, it becomes a lot clearer for a founder as to what they need and usually when it goes to let's say beyond series c or d when you're almost looking like a large organization some of these decisions are fairly logical 
I, I think there are there certain gray zones in the growth phase where a founder doesn't really know okay do I need a senior person do I need a hustler can I grow someone can I just do it myself like are there some gray zones is it somewhere between they're that always there. they're always there they're always there I don't think I've come across a founder who will say that you know all the hires I've made have worked very well for me so if you've even hired people you know even if 60-70% of the people whom you hired and who worked well for you you've done a great job Usually it's 40-50% of the hires that work very well for you. The other thing is startups are all about innovating. Right. right? Many of them are doing things for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there might not be talent available that has done that in the correct, past. Correct. There's a scarcity. So then what do you do in that? Yeah. Then you have to take a bet on people who can come in and, uh, you know, uh, figure it out along with you. Correct. If they figure it out and they'll, there are people who will be able to do it. So, I mean, uh, we spoke about founders, but there's also another entity which is not often mentioned um, in popular discourse. And that is the founding team, which is the first group of 10 or 20 who yeah. have taken the plunge. How does the founding team react when uh, usually outside talent is brought in or growth uh, for growth and for expansion? Founders ideally should never bring in people without uh taking a buy-in or making the founding teams aware that or, or they are of the hiring. Yeah, yeah. So if you take your team along, it's very easy. So it's hard when you don't take your teams along. Right. Well, there'll be certain roles that you'll need to hire, which will be confidential in nature, but not all of them. But if there's like a group that really, uh, you know, is your close circle and you really care about them, make sure you do that. In fact, startups I have consulted with, Whenever a new role comes, I usually check with them. Is your team aware that you're hiring for this role? Right. Because it shouldn't be that, you know, we start soliciting for candidates outside mm-hmm. and then your team is not even aware that you're hiring for this role. So not even aware and sometimes not comfortable also. Exactly. So I think it's important for founders to, to do that. In fact, some of the founders um, whom you'll hear talking about who build great cultures, mm. great teams, I think they always take their teams along. And you also mentioned something interesting. You said self-introspection is very important. So can you give us a few tips on what a a person looking to join a startup uh, should ask themselves? Great. So if you're looking to join a startup, you should join a startup to learn. I don't think uh, having a monetary incentive as your first, you know, go-to criteria. Well, money money can never be a motivator. Uh, your motivator should be what is it that you know you're building out of yourself and believe me money will follow you is there an ideal age uh, when someone should join a startup would you recommend it for the younger lot or are the mid-career professionals also suitable to join startups well i don't think there's like any age barrier as such mm-hmm. is there an like age I preference said, it's up to uh, you okay it's up to you i'm hoping that you know people are talking about ageism today and I'm hoping in the next four to five years, that won't be a barrier anymore because I think I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already there. So, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, I don't think there's any age barrier to join a startup. It's about what you want to do, what you want to get from the job. Uh, for me, it's always been about what you learn. Uh, the other aspect, um, you know, at Loop, we focus a lot on health, health health in general. And of late, uh, mental health has become such an important issue. So one of the things with startups is anything we spoke about it earlier is the hustle culture. Because the nature of the business is such that there is no downtime. You know, you're always switched on. You're always trying to solve some problem or the other. Has the whole ecosystem started taking cognizance of impact of this on one's own health, employees' health? Do you see some changes happening in 
the thought process there so i think uh, employee health and well being is always important it's just that larger companies have resources to deploy to it uh believe me startups don't have yeah in fact uh, when we talk about topics like diversity as well yeah. it's slightly hard for you know you to focus on such things right. very very early um i do believe that uh, i mean as a founder it's important for you to take care of your employees health and well being because you know that uh, you know you are operating in a stressful environment right uh, i believe it's important for startups and for startup founders to focus on health in general because if your body is healthy your mind is healthy also it's uh, one is of course investing in these programs but also the other aspect of it is even looking at the way of functioning right so that that might also be a contributor or even toning it down or even drawing some lines see i believe um, any founder who's empathetic yeah. or any organization that operates on the principle of empathy mm. will take care of their employees right so um, there's no one that i mean if someone does that then that's probably brutal mm. or not right and that happens right because every organization has its own way of operating every founder has its own way of thinking so Got you it. can't really help that but ideally if their founders were empathetic towards their employees would do that right. i mean if your employee is not well you will give them leave you will give them time to recuperate yes. or heal yeah i think that's purely human So Swati one thing we do on the show is we always allow our guests to close the loop in the end. So if I were to ask you to summarize a few things that startup founders need to keep in mind when hiring talent and talent needs to keep in mind when joining startups that would be really useful for our audience. Great. So I think the only thing I'd rather say is that uh, there is no good or bad. There's no good candidate or a bad candidate. There's no good company or a bad company. It's always about identifying what's right for you. So startup founders need to make sure that they self introspect and understand the kind of talent that is right for them given the stage given you know the traits given the behaviors given what will help them grow or achieve you know their short term and long term goals at the same time for talent also it's very important to understand themselves their own intrinsic traits their own intrinsic values and what really works for them and if you make a choice make sure you try and you know make it work absolutely thank you swati for joining us on close the loop really appreciate it thank you